Richard Swallow was nine years old when he encountered his first anomaly. He was on a Boy Scouts trip. They were staying overnight in some mountains in North Michigan. It was summer, but it was still a little bit chilly. And he remembers that because he remembers being weirdly cold when he got up in the middle of the night to pee. He leaves his tent and wanders into the woods with nothing but a faulty, iffy flashlight. As he walks into the woods, he's not thinking too hard about what's around him. Like I said, he was nine. When you're nine years old, you don't really think about the danger of walking alone into the woods. Even in Boy Scouts, you know, maybe, maybe that even made him feel more invincible. Before he realized that he had walked so far away, he could no longer even see where the tents were. It was dark, and it was a new moon, so there was no light from the sky that was able to guide him. It was just him and the flickering flashlight. He found a tree, relieved himself, and then turned around to try to retrace his footsteps, but it proved harder than he thought. It didn't take long for him to finally reach the point of panic. He started to tear up, and he started to mutter to himself about how he really really wished he had his mom. And then he heard something behind him. It was a low grumble, almost like some kind of grumpy cartoon bear. Something he would hear in a Saturday morning cartoon. He turned around, more confused than frightened, and found himself eye level with a big furry belly. He let out a scream of terror and fell backwards, thinking that he was encountering a bear, thinking he was about to be absolutely eaten by a bear. But then when he looked up, when he managed to finally point his shaking flashlight upwards, it wasn't a bear. It wasn't a man. It was something entirely different. And, and it didn't look angry. It didn't look mean. It didn't look like it wanted to hurt him. It actually almost looked like it wanted to help him. With one large paw, with an almost human-like hand, it pointed right over Richard's shoulder. And that's all it did, it just stood there pointing. Richard managed to push himself to his feet and mutter a quiet thank you before turning around and scurrying off in the direction of the point. It led him right back to the tents. He got back in his tent, closed it up, turned off the light, and didn't sleep for the rest of the night. But it wasn't really out of fear, it was awe. He couldn't sleep because he was so excited. Years passed, a decade, really. And he tells his mom he's decided to join the FBI after years of digging through library books, interviewing local quacks, traveling all over the state. He joins the FBI and gratefully, much to his absolute joy, he gets exactly what he wants, and he gets accepted into the secret Inhuman Services Division. He didn't even know that it existed when he applied. He just knew that if he was going to do anything with the supernatural, with aliens, with monsters, with Bigfoot, then the FBI would be the place to look. And it was. He ended up exactly where he wanted to be.
Richard, during this really, really bad storm, you have been called back to headquarters to the little quote-unquote research center across the lake. You've been called back to meet with Director Government. His secretary on the phone sounded really, really off-put, and so you're a little nervous for however this interaction is going to go. Uh, but before, before we get to that, because the storm is so bad, you went out to the lake to check on Gerald. Gerald. Oh, thank God. You go out to the dock, and it's, it's, he's normally fine in plain rain, but obviously the lightning, the thunder, the storm of it all has him a little freaked out. What do you do to, what do you do to comfort him? (laughs) (laughs) To comfort Gerald. So I'm assuming that this has happened before. So I think he, he, he goes up to Gerald like with it, with his, with his hands up. And he like, he's doing this thing where he's like, Gerald, Gerald, we, we, you need to do what I've said to do in these situations to help with stress. See, take your, take your hands, take your hands and put them over, over your head. We'll, we're, remember, we're safe that way. Remember, if you keep... And he has two fins and no hands. <laughs> and so his left and right heads look at each other like you're stupid as his center head continues to cower under the water. You said he went under the water? Only his center head. His other two heads are just looking at each other like, eh, get a load of this guy. <laughs> See, this is good. These are good self-soothing techniques during a storm of this caliber. You're trying to therapize the sea monster? <laughs> Taking care of him. Um, I think his next backup would definitely be, like, food. Like, like actual... What would you bring him? Um, I mean, what, what's his favorite food? Is it like fish? Like I'm assuming just like deep sea fish and stuff or not deep sea. Well, what is his favorite food? You're the caretaker. Is it like one of those things where it's like, where, you know, when you feed your dog table food when you're not supposed to, do you bring Gerald anything special and secret? Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Of course. I'm only, I'm just thinking of the video, the raccoon eating the cotton candy in the water. Oh, do you bring him cotton candy that instantly melts because it's a fucking lake? <laughs> I don't think he would do that because I think he would he would catch that ahead of time. But it's definitely something to think about. <laughs> what would you bring him? I'm assuming his regular diet is stuff like fish, so maybe a different kind of of meat. Maybe something like maybe a like some a more exotic kind. Because, like, I can't imagine that the sea monster wants to eat anything else, and I don't think he would want to disrupt its digestive system by feeding it something that could potentially upset its stomach. What is a big, good meat? Wagyu beef. I give him Wagyu beef. How about that? (laughs) Not the most expensive meat in the world for Gerald the (laughs) sea monster. (laughs) This is where our budget's going. (laughs) This is why Director Garman can't go golfing. Would you stay out here as long as you could? As long, yeah, as long as I think that um, it would take to help calm him down enough to at least, like, 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 I want to make sure he's comfy and cozy and not, like, dying out here in the pouring rain. Well, he is a lake monster. And I'm worried about him. (laughs) What's the problem with that? Is he your meow meow? He's my little meow meow. But like in an actual meow meow, not like not like those little those 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 anime boys. <laughs> After you've been outside on the docks for 
you know, I, I would say long enough to wear anything you were wearing is soaked through, even if you had a poncho. An intern that you're moderately familiar with, Christopher Coast, he waddles out, you know, to where you are. He's wearing a poncho and he has an umbrella. The wind is kind of doing the thing where it pushes his umbrella inverted, but he's still trying. Hey, Director Government wants to see you in his office. Ooh. Yeah, I think he would head there pretty quickly, as long as Gerald was all, like, set and, like, good, good to not freak out anymore, I think he'd be as quickly as possible, given the state of things. <laughs> when you do walk in there, you, you take a second, obviously, to shake off your poncho, get out of your loafers, all that, you know, fun, festive stuff. When you are out of all of that, you notice Doc Tess, the scientist who you're very familiar with, like the on-site, you know, gadget guy. You notice he seems a little freaked out and he's kind of arguing with Christopher Coast. You can't really overhear what he's saying, but you can tell something's weird. And it only gets weirder from there. As you go down the hall towards Director Government's office, you end up, you know, meeting up with Jonathan Crow, who Ugh. is absolutely loving the attention of being back at the Research Center. Living for it, loving it, thriving. But even his energy seems a little off-put. He is also realizing exactly how odd this situation is with Director Government. The door to Director Government's office is closed, so it's just you two standing in the hall for a little bit before the meeting gets started. Um, and I don't have like a clue about I, I don't I don't know anything about what's going on. No, the closest you would suspect is that it's about what you and Jonathan have discovered so far about the anomaly that fell from the sky. Like, for example, the shoe prints and stuff. You would assume it was be about that, but the the energy around why you were called back to the research center today is very different than a normal debriefing. You know, usually you, you send information back, you'd get a response, you'd continue till your investigation is over. If it was extremely important, you'd be pulled back. But for something as almost innocuous as shoe prints, even if they're, even if something sketchy is going on, it's not like you have discovered a new species, and it's not like there's an immediate threat to, you know, humanity's survival. It's nothing that would require this kind of, like, big, weird moment. Mm, okay. Um, I don't know if um, Agent Swallow would try to, like, reach out and talk to Agent Crow about what's going on. I don't know if he would, like, actually try to, like, make conversation in this hallway, but I think he would definitely take note of, like, the energy that Agent Crow is giving off. If you're not going to start a conversation, he's definitely going to try to, because that's who he is. Of course. So, Richie. Oh, God. What do you want? Bad weather, right? Horrible weather. Gerald's been acting up this entire time. Yeah, well, you know, weather. Could be worse. We could be at camp in one of those uh, shitty little cabins. But look at us. We're in a nice big building with a nice, nice generator. 
I would agree. It certainly is better than that place, but. Yep. Weather. You're acting odd. Well, are you not freaked out? About? I don't know about you, but every single mission I've done, Richie, has been wildly successful and has not required a mid-mission debrief. Even when I stopped Cthulhu, again, keep in mind, I killed a god. Even when I killed a god, I didn't have to, like, phone home about it. Perhaps there's more information for us? I just hope that whatever is going on gets solved quickly so we can get back to doing our jobs. I hate the this bureaucratic bullshit side of all of this. I think he just rolls his eyes at that and, like, scoffs a little bit. <laughs> when the door to Director Government's office opens, Director Government actually walks out. And you can see that someone else is sitting at Director Government's office. As the door closes behind Director Government, he looks at both of you all, shakes his head. He looks really frustrated, a little tired. Hey, look, the higher-ups won't let me in there during the meeting. Just answer your questions and keep your head down. I can't tell you much more than that. And he gives you all just this look of... Kind of just like this what-the-hell look, throws his hands up, and just marches down the hall, muttering to himself. That wasn't promising. Oh, yeah, no. No, no, no. That was not. Do we just go in? <sighs> Do we want to pray first? Um, you can pray. I've killed a god, Richie. I don't pray. And he walks into the office. <laughs> I think he would follow in closely after, if not, like, adjusting his tie and, like, shirt to make sure he looks presentable first. <laughs> When you and Jonathan get in there, sitting at the desk is a man you all have never seen before. Ever. He's wearing a cowboy hat. He has cowboy boots on. A white suit. He's kind of dressed a little ridiculously. He looks a little ridiculous. Like, this is not someone you would normally see in this building. Because like, even though you all encounter weird stuff every single day, there's still a level of decorum that even Jonathan Crow upholds. You know what I mean? Basic plain suit. Basic work gear. Inconspicuous, because that's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to fly under the radar here. But then here's this guy. I think he definitely takes note of the ridiculous outfit, and I think he definitely has an opinion on it. Not a very good one, but he's not going to say anything, and he doesn't show his judgment on his face. Uh, you two can go ahead and sit right there. Just those two chairs right there. Yeah, yeah. So, good morning to you two. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'm Agent Jonathan Crow, you might have heard of me. Or, or not. That's also cool. And I am Agent Swallow. Can we have your name? I don't think that's going to be necessary. May I ask 
why we are here. You two have done a bang-up job. Absolutely stunning work on this, uh, this space case. <laughs> we confirmed only half, like, a few footprints and, like... Yeah, you got nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Just double checking. Um, he looks he de- he looks skeptical. He to say the least. He definitely looks skeptical, but he's not. He's. I don't think he wants to 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 interrupt this guy or step on his toes too much. I think you two can keep doing what you're doing at that summer camp, just making sure those kids stay out of trouble. But you have given us enough to work with. Where we don't need you on this space case anymore. I'm sorry. You were taking us off of the case? We haven't found anything. Like, we, we, we have. Like, we, we found, like, c- clues, I guess. But, like, we haven't found, like, we haven't solved it. Also, no, see, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, you don't have to solve it anymore. I, I'm taking y'all off the case. And you still want us at the camp. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be a great experience for those counselors. Plus, you know, even though you're off the case, doesn't mean there ain't no danger in these woods. You know that better than me. Might as well uh, keep up appearances too. Can't have y'all disappearing overnight. He definitely is, he gives Agent Crow like a side glance, like a one of those, like, like a look of like, are you as worried about this as I am? He he gives you a look back. He is definitely off put. So what you're saying is our current mission is to now, I'm sorry, keep up appearances at a summer camp? Well, don't say it like that. I think it's a great opportunity. I mean no disrespect when I say this, but, um... Are you sure that this is an efficient use of our time? Because I know we could be using our skills on, well, this case or perhaps another more in-depth case, something that has more of a lead to it. Or this just- one. Or just just this one. We, we're already working on this one. And if, if we're already going to be at the camp, what would be the point of reassigning the case? Like, it might... Richie, back me up. Am I confused or like... What just happened? Jonathan stands up from his seat. He looks around and he looks at you, Richard. Did did we just lose power? He turns around and exits the room. Do you follow? Yeah, uh, unless prompted otherwise. Yeah. When you guys both make it into the hall, you see it's dark in there, too. There are some, um, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I know what they are. What is the word? Like, floodlights? No, security lights. You know you know when power goes out in important places, but there's still, like, that vague red light? Do you yeah, know the what emergency I'm lights, yeah. yeah. Yes, those. I don't know the fancy word for them, nor do I know if they exist in the 80s. But guess what? This is the sci-fi division. They'll have the lights. <laughs> so they have the lights. So the hallway is lit in this kind of disturbing red light. But the actual power is out. You don't even hear any AC. You you don't hear any distant beeping of computers, the distant whir of a fax machine. You hear nothing. Nothing but 
panicked footsteps in the distance. Director Government rounds the corner, and he looks at you two, and he looks a little freaked out. The power's gone out. Jonathan turns to you, Richie, and he's like, does that mean the security systems are down? How would I know that information? Director Government is like pinching the bridge of his nose, and he's thinking to himself, he's not focused on you two. Jonathan looks like he's thinking, and he's he's trying to figure out what's going on. Right before he can turn to speak to you again, Richie, the intern, Christopher Coast, uh, sorry, I just love saying that name, he turns, he rounds the same corner as Director Government. He's significantly more panicked. The generators were hit by lightning. We have no power. He runs down the hall. I have a bad feeling about this. A lab worker that you're not familiar with uh, runs down the opposite direction as Christopher. And he's just, he's shouting indiscriminately, just kind of warning anyone. Power's out! The security systems are down! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Power's out? Is that what he said? The power's out! The security systems are down! Oh, the power is out. I turned power's out. I was like, what? No, listen, the person who was supposed to do this line didn't get back to me. (laughs) I have to do a transatlantic accent. I I just feel like I have to. Anyway, uh, the power is out. The security systems are down. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But, uh, Richie, you do... Uh, fully understand the scope of what's happening right now. With the security system down, that means also any containment security systems are down. Uh, that means any anomalies that you have uh, on site or anything that would need an electronic security system to contain it is at a very high risk of escaping, is a nice way to put it. Is Gerald okay? <laughs> uh, you, you. I'm going to go ahead and say you would know Gerald is okay. Um because since Gerald's kept in the water, I would hope you all don't have an electric security system okay. down there. Okay, good. <laughs> so I his filter is this filtration system. Is it running? It is a lake. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a huge goldfish. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say you say that out loud, and Jonathan kind of like gives you a look. But you you do know after your impulsive like protective mother thoughts, you know he's fine, Jonathan. Kind of looks like he's going into mission mode. And he turns to you. Do you know if we have any anomalies on site right now? I I know we just did that huge shipment back out, uh, you know, to send Nessie back to the Loch Ness. But do we we have anything still on site? I know we got something in a few weeks ago, but I'm not sure if it's still on site. Director Government looks up and he has gone completely into military mode. He points at you two. You two, head to the containment unit. There's a breach. And you and Jonathan turn on your heels and immediately start to run down to the containment unit. Mid-roll jump scare. Welcome to episode 7 of Camp Moonmere. Episode 8 will be out on February 6th, uh, National Frozen Yogurt Day. And a big thank you to Faven and E.G. Tariku for being our guest voices this episode. I know a lot of campers will be sad to see them leave this week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Tumblr at Studio Out There to keep up with all of our camp announcements, as well as see what your campers get up to this week. And there is a form going around to let your camper participate in the ropes course. If you could, make sure to fill that out and then turn it into a counselor. All right, with everything wrapped up, let's get back to having fun and being safe.
We have a code 413. I repeat, a code 413. Is the power out? That's crazy. Who turned off the power? Oh, definitely wasn't me. Oh, I need to get out of here. I need. I gotta go. I need to go. I have because gotta get out of here. No, 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 no. Really sucks. That's not paying enough for And that's awful. That the security system's down because the power's out. Good thing nobody here made the power go out. Am I right? What do you mean? There's a storm going on. We should get out of here. God, it's a mess down here. There's too many non-agents down here. It's not going to be safe. We need to get them out of here. Should we clear an evacuation route? Let's go. You do that. I'm going to try to see how secure this room is. I think he, of all people, would know, like, proper escape routes and evacuation routes. So I think first things first, he's trying to, like, rush as many people out of, like, out as he can. Because all these people running around is not helping their situation. So I think his first, he would be, like, guiding people to the doors. Be like, move, 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 get out. Like, you know, like, trying to get people moving while you're doing that jonathan is going to be checking the opposite side of the room trying to see if he can figure out what containment was breached where it was breached what the deal is he's trying to do the other side of this the recon while you're in the process of trying to help all the civilians richard swallow he'd be like ushering people out of the building as fast as possible he wouldn't be stopping to try to make conversation or like He's 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 trusting he's trusting his partner to do his side of the job and figure out like what's going on. He just wants to try to make sure everyone is safe first. You're gonna have to roll for me. Uh, well, we can make it a silly little d twenty. Mm, Fourteen. I would say you get a substantial amount of people out. I would say there are a few stragglers though. Um, some lab workers you don't know, and one of them is the intern. You're a little too familiar with now at this point. They are the ones left behind. I'd say like out. I, I'd say you did a good job though. I would say out of out of like a good forty people, I would say there's only like five or six that are staying back to either do their job or they're not listening to you or they're panicking or something. Does it look like Agent Crow needs my help? Does he look like he's in need of assistance? You can tell he's not necessarily making progress, if that makes sense. Like, I, he, he's not, he, he looks like he is still looking for what he, the information he's trying to get. I think Richard Swallow is just going to go over there with him and try to help him work through um, figuring out what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, when you make it over to him, he's going to turn to you. I, I can't find any information on what exactly we're dealing with here. Well, I mean, what are, what are we working with? What do you have? That, that's what I'm saying. The, the, I, I'm not... A paper pusher. I don't understand this fucking system. I, I can't find any information on what we're fucking dealing with. And we don't have time to read through all these fucking packets. Oh, he's not a... He hasn't been in the office very long? No, remember, he's he's significantly more of a field agent. Remember remember when you guys first met oh, up at yeah. the beginning of this campaign? He made, he made fun of you for being on desk duty. I'm just saying, this is like... I can do something here, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be able to help with this if you'll want to step out of the way okay you are gonna roll sharp for me oh i got a nine i would say you you know this system pretty well um you understand the abbreviations used you understand the quick terminology used you're kind of flying through these papers as fast as you can you can tell some of these are not containment papers at all so you're like able to just throw those over your shoulder and move the fuck on you know but when you do eventually find containment papers you see you know, some stuff you knew, for example, Nessie's being sent back recently, Gerald's still on the property, 
Uh, you you find out that small little things are still here that wouldn't be a threat. Like obviously all the containment stuff for uh, different spirits or demons, uh, anything like that. There is all that information. Uh, for a nine, I'm going to give you something a little spicy. You're not going to have time to think about it, but you're going to need to think about it in the future. So Ooh. make sure to make a note of it. A specific canister that is supposed to be holding the violent spirits of two teenagers from the 1950s uh, recently went missing last week. Corresponding on the exact day, you dropped and shattered a canister. Oh. But... You don't have time to think about that now. Instead, you find the papers you're looking for, confirming the fact that what you are dealing with is the Jersey Devil. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? What is it? What is it? Please say it is something like a leprechaun. They're really short. I think we'll be able to handle this perfectly fine. Uh, Richard Swallow would just hold up the paper for him to see. Uh, God, damn, I don't have time to read this right now, Richie. It's We're the, the Jersey life Devil. I would make a joke about Jersey Shore, but this is the 80s, and therefore Jonathan would not say that. <laughs> There's such a good joke there, and I can't make it. Anyway, Jonathan's going to look at this, and he's he's not going to process. He's going to be like, what? Are okay. Is this, is this supposed to be bad? I don't know anything about this guy. It's not a good thing. Well, what is it? All right, it's like a amalgamation of a bunch of different animals that just looks wrong it so it, you're just saying it's ugly that's really rude no it Richie. also eats people okay see that then you should have led with that <laughs> well i'm sorry that it unsettles me when i look at it well yeah that just feels rude i mean it, we deal with ugly stuff all the time that's just me but things that eat people that's a little more fucking important this really is a job just for me, Agent Crow. What? What do you mean? And my sidekick, Agent Swallow. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. High five me, Richie. We're not doing this. We're working together. No, we're not. We're going to kill a monster together. I am not. First time since the Academy killing a monster together. Take my hand. I am not taking your Take hand. Take my hand. Richie, it's time for me, the God Slayer. They called me that. Back <laughs> no, they in, didn't. Yeah, back in Siberia. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. The God Slayer and Little Richie. No, no, no. We're not. I'm not your sidekick. I'm not li Little Richie. If we're gonna take down this thing, we're gonna take it down right. Wait, wait, wait. Do you hear that? Here. What, the sound of you thinking? No, shut up, like, do you act- do you hear that? From above you, you and Jonathan hear these loud, terrifying footsteps. The sound of claws on metal, the sounds of hooves on metal. It is a terrifying mixture. And it's coming from something very large. Coming from something right above you. Everyone else in the room also looks up. They've also gone dead silent. And it's just the sound of the alarm and the sound of the footprints 
Richard Swallow would stay perfectly still and perfectly silent. But I think the only difference, he, he probably has his hand on his gun. But other than that, I don't think, I don't think he's doing anything to, to provoke whatever that is. We know what it is. Claws come through the ceiling. Are you talking? If you are, I can't hear you. No, I'm. Is this where you wanted me to do the thing? You have to role play. Oh, I'm. I am so sorry. I. I was. I am in silence because I am so. I would be fucking frozen in this situation. <laughs> so <laughs> instinctively, I have gone silent. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Claws in the ceiling. You're an agent. Oh God! Claws in the ceiling. <laughs> shoot it. <laughs> no. Do you shoot it? Okay. Roll no. To shoot it. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, is 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 my protocol right now to take down this thing in, in any way possible? So that's the thing. Would you? This is completely, like, you were given no direction because you all didn't really have, you know, any confirmation except for the fact that containment was breached. So, Richard, what would you do? Would you try to sedate it? Would you try to take it out? Would you try to sedate it? And then if that didn't work, then take it out? Like, what what would you do? Because you love cryptids. He would, so yeah, that's the thing. He's not going to want to like inherently have to harm anything, but at the end of the day, he knows what these creatures are capable of. And that's kind of where it gets like a little bit dicey is like, he doesn't want a bunch of people dying to this thing, but he also doesn't want to necessarily hurt it. Is there equipment around that he could use to like kind of maybe stun or like, or like, restrain this thing so the specific room you are in right now is kind of like uh you know when <laughs> this is the only comparison i can make you know when you go to the er there's the waiting room and then the long hallway that is the actual er mm -hmm. you are in the waiting room of the containment area there is plenty of files there is plenty of information um but you know containment is supposed to be containment. Nothing would need to get this far. So there's not a lot of emergency stuff here. You all haven't exactly had any problems. So no one knows how to handle this. Because so you don't you have any emergency equipment at all. You you guys have your guns on you. There is the classic fireman's axe on the wall. Um, but you know, no one else in this room would have a weapon on them. And this room is not exactly set up to be an arsenal it's an administrative room oh my god is he ripping his way in here is yes he, is, yes he is he's getting inside yes and he's starting to screech i think i'll shoot at it to at least try to scare it away if anything else like, roll to shoot at it roll tough I, roll tough and that's 2d6s 2d6s and then whatever you're applicable glad to know that i'm not very tough oh if you were to rate your tough on a scale of one to three uh, like perfectly average, not too good or not too bad. <laughs> and so what would your role be? Six. Ah, perfectly average, literally. <laughs> you shoot at it. I would say you definitely don't hit it for a six. You're not going to stop it, but it's definitely going to realize now you're in, in combat mode. Does that make sense? It recognizes the fact that you are more of a threat. Yeah. Meanwhile, while you're doing that, Jonathan is calling to get more people 
inside um, an adjacent room, an adjacent storage room, calling for these extra people to get in there. <laughs> right when someone is running over to that door, the Jersey Devil fully bursts through the ceiling and basically lands right on top of them, squishing them. That's really fucked up. I shouldn't laugh. You got a six. If you hadn't gotten to six, maybe this man would still be alive. What if you he can't. had kids and a family? You can't put this on me. I should name him real fast. Oh my god. His his name his name was Andrew. Oh no. Andrew had just celebrated the third birthday of his daughter. <laughs> you can't do that. This is the daughter's origin story now. Oh, shit. This is, you know, The Last of Us 2? You're going down. <laughs> That's why we're here. We're here for her story. <laughs> this was all just a precursor. I don't even know her name. Oh, but Andrew's daughter, she's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, no, what do you do, though? Oh, God, is he for sure dead? Like, he's not fucking getting back <laughs> over. The Jersey Devil is in front of you and you're still thinking about Andrew. It's too late. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. If I... Oh, I... okay, so he brought everyone into a storage room off to the side away from him. Right? Except for Andrew. <laughs> and you said there's a long hallway the other direction? Yes. But what is down that hallway? That's the direction that intern Christopher Coast ran towards um but down that is where the actual containment areas are different like creature medical facilities um stuff like that like down there is the direction where you would ideally want the jersey devil to be but it's whether or not you can get him back into containment you know what i mean but that's like the direction he would ideally be behind glass theoretically if i were to find a way to lead him Oh, I'd let it happen. Back into a cell? Are there empty cells back there to lead, lead him into? Yeah, so this is actually a pretty big research facility, and this is really the only big thing on site right now, besides Gerald and Gerald is in the lake. So, yeah, if if that is what you're going to try to do, go ahead. You're probably going to want to communicate that with Jonathan, but go ahead. I'm going to lead it back into containment. You stay back with everyone. Uh, no, I'm closing everyone in this storage thing and I'm going with you. The God Slayer and Little Richie are on the move. Oh my God, fine. And you guys run down that hall. Like I said, Christopher Coast is a little bit ahead of you. And the Jersey Devil is definitely going to follow behind you. You're going to need to roll for me. Uh, I would say roll cool, act under pressure, uh, just to see if you're getting away from this thing. Well, luckily, I'm really fucking cool. So I I'm have sure. a nine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe you are really cool. You're Gucci. Uh, you guys managed to somehow stay ahead of it decently enough. Uh, I'll say that because it's a big boy, a big boy, he keeps getting confused. I mean, have you seen that thing? He cannot walk very well, I imagine. Oh, plus like hooves and claws slipping around on the linoleum floor, like... He's top-heavy looking. Yeah, like there's not, a, there's not a lot there. You know what I mean? That would allow for like <laughs> stability in movement in, in an office space. <laughs> He's not exactly wearing non-slip shoes, so I think you guys are doing pretty good. <laughs> What is your plan? The goal is to try to... Yeah, get it back. But how are you planning on doing that? Do I see any, like, empty... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you're running down the thing, uh, there are, you know, the occasional rooms, like I said, with medical stuff, more administrative rooms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then, boom, you get to the area where it's just cell after cell after cell after cell. They're all glass. 
uh, the glass would usually be electrified. Like, have electrified film over it. Usually it would be, you know, set up to where these things couldn't get out. You see one cell with shattered glass, you're assuming? That's where Mr. Jersey Devil came from. Mm. Okay. And everything is still bathed in that haunting red light from the emergency security lights, floodlights, whatever you called them. How well can this thing see? Pretty well. It sees better at night than it does during the day. Okay. So it's it has a little bit of an advantage on you. Uh, disadvantage in the fact that he's slipping and sliding. And he again, he's pretty big. You know, he has these wings. He's pretty large. A horse-sized. Can I Looney Tunes ask, like, is there, like, a corridor with a fucking cell at the end of it that I can just, like... Like, he'll be like, you know, like the, like the little sly whistle will play and he'll like slide into the, into the chamber. I don't know. You'd have to roll really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I would say for that, I would say that's another cool roll. Um, but you're going to have to roll really good. Like for you to Looney Tunes, the Jersey devil into a cell, you're going to have to earn it. What are you going to do if I do this? What are you going to do if I nail this? Uh, you'll see what I do. I got a 10. Fuck. <laughs> I, where, I, need to, I need to get the little effect. Like the do, like, you know, yeah, like the boop, You know what I mean? Like the yeah, fucking... Yeah, the, the cartoon running noise is like... Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Both of us be quiet real fast. If I've been able to find those sound effects, I will add them in right now. God, I hope I found them. Okay. <laughs> God, I hope they're perfect. And the Jersey Devil slides into a cell at the end of the hall. You shut the door behind it, I would assume. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you shut the door and the, the Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes effect of it all. The Jersey Devil hits the wall and is stunned for a second in this cage. And it's just you and Jonathan and Christopher sweating outside of it. Have I turned on the lock? Have I, like, engaged the lock and thi- I mean, anything I can to make sure it doesn't get out? I mean, you can close and lock the door. Okay. Yeah, so you close and lock the door. Because there is a manual lock alongside the electric lock. Okay. <sighs> oh. God Slayer and Little Richie at it again. That is not what we're- You cannot keep just- God Slayer and Little Richie is not what we're calling ourselves. And Christopher wipes the sweat off his brow. <sighs> that was close. And as he says that, the glass shatters and the Jersey Devil pulls him in with its claws and rips his head right off his shoulders. Because the glass is not electrified. You can get him in. That does not mean he'd stay in because the glass is not electrified. Oh, that's what I was asking you before. I wouldn't have gone through the trouble if you just... No, no, you asked to Looney Tunes him. You You certainly tuned his Looney, that's for sure. And now Christopher's blood is all over the floor and on your hands. Why do you keep doing that to me? It's just really fun. You real the other the other squad. No, no one ever dies over with the other squad. I don't get to have any fun. They like death over there, don't they? They're like, they have a. No, no the one dead person is like vibing in his death. So yeah, like, I I got nothing going on there. It's like a thing for them. Yeah, and I think Kenneth is into it. 
<laughs> like there's nothing going on there that that's, that makes me any joy on like the deep dark demon part of my DMing where I get to make you feel guilty. Thanks. Well, you know that I feel guilty over at the smallest NPC death. So. Like Andrew. <sighs> you know, Andrew's wife is pregnant. Oh my second child. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew's daughter's coming! Give it a few years! She's three now, but she won't be three forever! Oh my fucking god. It's not... <laughs> I can't do this. Anyway, the Jersey Devil is uh, taking Christopher's head off, and he's coming for you guys now. Jonathan's gonna start shooting. Shit, uh, I'm gonna do the same unless I- can I- is there anything in the area that would help me? Like, is there like, I don't know, like a fucking- there's some storage rooms you can barricade yourself in. There's stuff like that, but there's nothing that's gonna, like... Again, there's no arsenals in the ER is a great way to... They don't even have, like, anything, like, to, like, sedate. Wall axe. Wall axe. I mean, you're not a doctor. That's the thing. Is, like, even if they did, you wouldn't know this. Because, like, um. like, you are a field agent. When it comes to specifically keeping things in containment, like, when you were an intern, you definitely, like, scooped their shit. But it's not like you learned how to, like, perform medical procedures on them. Like, like you know, if, if, if an FBI agent was dropped in the ER wing of a hospital, they probably could not find the morphine as fast as possible. You know what I mean? Then, yeah, he's going to join in shooting. Let's see how good of a time he has. Roll tough. Eight. Okay, you are decent at shooting. Gets, get, good job. Thanks. You hit him. Practice for that one. Jonathan's also getting, but the bullets are not stopping him. In fact, it almost looks like his body is eating the bullets. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not just, no. I think that's his reaction to a lot of the things he's seen here. It's like, he loves it. He thinks it's so cool. But in the same breath, he, because he understands it, he's like, no. Nope. No. Then you're shooting at it, but it's not making much progress. And it's coming towards you. It is stalking towards you. And then suddenly there is a flash of bright light behind you all. And the Jersey Devil pauses and like kind of like shuffles back, slipping a bit on the floor. You turn around and there's Director Government holding a flare. My God. Also, this is really important for me, for the audience to know, Director Government looks really hot doing this. <laughs> and I, I don't think Richard would think that at all. But I, what's important to me, <laughs> the audience knows that Director Government is standing there. Very attractive, holding a flare above his head. Get down, down. And he throws the flare at the Jersey Devil, making it slip. And the Jersey Devil ends up going a bit further down the hallway. Do you use this distraction to your advantage to do anything? Yes. Are we the only three people around right now? Yes. All right, fuck. It's just we have to, we have to, we have to stop it. There's nothing to stop it here. and We can't put it in the cell. We're... And it won't die. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing. So, I, I, I'll i give you a little bit of guidance, because I don't want you to to struggle this whole time. Well, I was you just going to ask if he knows, like, of its weakness or something with my well, text. I would not say weakness, but I would say this. You are aware of the fact that it was able to break out of these cells because it's glass. Now, if you were to trap him in a room. Oh, in the, the storeroom. Yeah, like with with a proper door. That's a different conversation. But it's specifically like just I I was trying to drop hints, but I know I I might have been a little ambiguous because it's an action scene and you're probably focusing on a million things at once. Oh, I wish I would have just Looney Tunes his ass into a fucking storeroom. So he's pretty big. That's the thing. You're gonna have to get him through the door. Yeah. Remember, because you're you're working with something the size of a horse. 
with the proportions of a, a nightmare creature and like a skull head horrifying so the nearest storeroom wings. Is, is there a vent in the nearest storeroom like in the ceiling yeah yes I don't even know where you're going with this go on no if I could just lead him in here and then leave through the vent he can't get through the vent that's my thought maybe I just think too scrappy for this <laughs> so you're gonna take him through the vent no, I'm gonna take him, like, lead him through the door of the storeroom, and then- And I then bounce through the vent? Okay, okay, go for it. So how would you do that? There is- there are storerooms along the side. Uh, you're not gonna probably have the time to evaluate what is contained in each one is the problem. I mean, I just need to know I can escape from them is really- Unless one's filled with, like, bombs. <laughs> and it's, like, sensitive- It's a bomb factory. <laughs> we sell bombs. <laughs> we would have just a bomb closet that I lead the fucking Jersey Devil into. Can I reassure you there's not a bomb closet? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're just going in? You're just hoping for the best? I think I have no choice but to go in. I mean, I don't really have any any other options. I don't- I, It's not like I have, like, meat. Or, like, I don't- Okay. Do you have another flare? Nah, looks like Director Garment now has whipped out his own shotgun. He looks very hot using it. And, um, sorry, I just... Ooh. Anyway, no, but you are gonna roll a d20 to see what is in this storeroom. Okay. Four. Oh, so it's a bomb room. <laughs> no, so it's not an actual bomb room. I wanna clarify. <laughs> You laughed so hard the mic didn't even pick it up. Like it sounded like you got jerked away. Like you <laughs> You were thrown. But um yeah, no, it's not it's not a literal bomb room, but it is going to be a room full of very sensitive uh fire flammable that's the word, flammable, flammable chemicals. Uh oh. Yeah, it's it's like a bomb room adjacent. How big is it? Uh I would say it is the size of Oh, this is not going to make any sense, I think. You'll understand this. I don't think the audience will get this, but it's the size of, like, an average bedroom in a one-bedroom apartment. So, like, not that big. We're talking small. It's just flammable chemicals in here. (laughs) Yeah. So you've gone in there into the bomb-adjacent room, I guess. Jonathan follows you without question. You know, he, he assumes you have a good plan. This does lead the Jersey Devil towards you while he is fighting to try to get in this room. Oh. His teeth are snapping, he's screeching, he's clawing, he's trying to get in. Okay, so, but he's not able to get in. Uh, he's he's working on it. He's You don't have all the time in the world. He will get in eventually. Is there a way out of here? There is the vent. Can both of us fit? Well, I mean, it's, it's one at a time. Not like you all are going to be buddied up next to each other. Unless there are any vent fix that people want to write. <laughs> I mean. I'm sorry. Literal vent fix, because you're in a, the AC. Anyway, are you going in the vent? Because <laughs> I have the idea to spill the chemicals on the ground, do the whole thing of, like, just lighting the fucking room on fire and escaping, but I don't know if we could do that with the vents if we want to just, like, leave. I would say go for it. I'm going to say that you will be taking harm. um, And I will say that go ahead and put the caveat that this harm will carry over to the next episode uh, Mm -hmm. as more of a long-term injury. If you're going to blow up a room and then desperately crawl through the one air pocket. Mm -hmm. But I will say that you can do it if you roll high enough. I'm just going to warn you that even if you roll like a 13, you'll be taking at least one harm. Just for, for, you know logic logistics sake but i will allow you to try it okay well i either get hurt a little bit or i die is what i'm saying so yeah yeah yeah. so go for it i have an idea but it's not the safest 
Uh, yeah, I think anything is safer than that. Do you see the vent up there? Do you think you could fit? Uh, of course I can fit. Then let's Richie. blow up the room. Oh, shit. Okay. What do you do? Um, so yeah, I think he's gonna do the thing where, like, he spills, like, you know, one of the, the, the jugs of whatever it is, or, like, any of the chemicals on the floor. You know, the, the standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan follows suit. He mm-hmm. is spilling as much as he in this limited time. You all have such limited time because the Jersey Devil is finally figuring out how to get through this door and it is heading towards you all. We're getting out. We're getting out. Because here's the thing, at least if we have just a little bit on the ground and we just like that. That's more than nothing, yeah. That, exactly. So we're not overdoing it. This is an overkill. We need to leave. We're not walking away from the explosion. We're crawling through a vent from the explosion. I would say Jonathan helps you up first and then he does the thing where he jumps up, you grab his hand, you pull him up. Yes. And now you are going to roll for me. I would say this is another d20 good one, in my opinion. Good yes or no. (gasps) One. Jonathan lights his lighter and drops it down. Big explosion. Big green explosion. Like, horrifying. Mixtures of chemicals that are deeply against the Geneva Convention have all exploded. The issue is, the Jersey Devil was pretty much unaffected. Irritated, maybe a little singed, but unharmed. But what wasn't unharmed is the room. The wall is completely blown out. The wall leads right out to the outside world. And so you and Jonathan watch from the vent. The Jersey Devil sees that this wall is open and makes a run for it. It starts to sprint and then it starts to fly. And before you all can process fully what's happening, you two and Director Government watch the Jersey Devil fly off completely free. God 